Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Deshaun Watson's punishment is final, and it won't be the entire 2022 season. This Tom Brady thing is weird, but is it worrisome for the Bucs? And LeBron James is betting big on a specific teammate by staying with the Lakers. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Deshaun Watson saga has come to a close, at least in terms of the punishment, with Deshaun Watson and his representatives and the NFL agreeing to an 11-game suspension and a $5 million fine, almost doubling the original punishment handed out by Sue Robinson, which was six games with no fine, which means enormous impacts on this season for the Cleveland Browns, and of course, an impact on Deshaun Watson moving forward in his career. Joining me now from Locked on Browns, Garrett Bush and Jeff Lloyd. And and Garrett, let's start with you. This settlement came... uh, a couple days after it was reported that they were close on a settlement still, this number of games, this level of punishment, what was your initial reaction to it? How surprised were you that this was where they landed? Well, I mean, I, I kind of compare it to this. It's like, you know, in my first marriage, planning a wedding for like six months. And at some point, you're just like, um, I'm over it. Like, you don't want to talk about decorations or plates or who's on the guest list and is Aunt Sally coming or not. Or You just don't want to talk about it anymore. You just want it over. And I think that that's the feeling um, that a lot of people had um, that are close to the situation that cover the Browns. Uh, you know, uh, me and Jeff, we get a daily podcast every single day, but it's so difficult to get into um, the nuts and bolts of what the team could be, what they're going to run, how it'll look. When you just have this level of uncertainty that you don't know who your quarterback is and what you're going to do uh, and and kind of gave pause because after a while, when it was supposed to be an expedited situation, we just hadn't heard anything. It's 13 days, 14 days. Uh, and then that would kind of give you the, the level of, I guess, confidence to say that both sides didn't want it to escalate further. And if there was some sort of, sort of settlement on the way. Um, so I, I think we were everybody was ready. Uh, at the point we heard today, and they were just trying to get it over with so that everybody, is, including the league, the out people, the women, uh, Deshaun Watson, and, and the fans can move on and get ready for football. It does seem like, as you mentioned, the metaphor that you used, that the NFL it was in, in, included in the list of people that wanted this to be over. They wanted a resolution to this. They were sick of looking at place cards and, and centerpieces <laughs> and trying to figure out what was going to come next. They wanted this to be over. Clearly, Deshaun Watson wanted this to be over. Unfortunately, Deshaun Watson um, was not contrite, continued to maintain his innocence, despite the Browns putting out multiple statements that that was, in fact, not the case, that he was taking uh, um, the the onus of his actions. And then these other statements come out. So let's put that uh, aside for the moment, Jeff, and look at what happens with the Browns now, because six games far fewer than 11, 11 puts the season in jeopardy to a certain point. So um, how does that change in your mind, the way that this Browns outlook goes, what are they going to have to do this season and and where do they go from here? 
Well, this was the the where you know Garrett and I had been you know discussing this you know over the last you know couple of weeks since we had heard Sue Robinson's you know take on the events. I guess that's the fair way to probably to describe it. Um, the first six games, first four games for the Cleveland Browns are extremely winnable games. Peter, with you, me, or Garrett playing quarterback, these are extremely winnable games. So you thought, all right, that first game stretch, six game stretch, it's not that difficult. You get to the five games after that on the road in Baltimore, home for Cincinnati, at Miami, which is a November game. At that point, it's really difficult for Northern teams to go to the South, play in the heat. You follow that up with a road trip to Buffalo, and then Tampa comes to First Energy. That is a brutal five-game stretch. And the thing is, is you can look at Joe Kobe Brissett, and you could have said, hey, that's six games. That's manageable. That's doable. That's workable. Um, You look at this now at 11 and those five games. Look, those are difficult games regardless who the quarterback is for that team, that five-game stretch. And this, this is the thing Garrett and I spoke about today is um, you have a lot of guys in that locker room, and this is where it's been difficult because one player should not define a roster of 53. And there's a lot of guys in that Cleveland ro- locker room right now taking some heat for being on this team because right now this team is basically public enemy number one. But you can't tell me with this in an 11-game stretch and looking at Miles Garrett, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, Nick Chubb, and the cast goes on and on of solid guys who do everything you need to do in the locker room, everything they need to do on the field, off the field, and represent this organization like it is one of the top-shelf organizations in the NFL and know that you can ship a third-day pick to the San Francisco 49ers right now and bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. Stay up to date on the Cleveland Browns by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Browns podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Tom Brady's absence is weird, but not worrying the Buccaneers. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. This weekend brings with it a major UFC card that has two tantalizing headliners. Grizzled vet Luke Rockhold is a massive underdog to Paulo Costa. Bet Online has the man known as the Eraser, minus 370 to win the fight. And a rematch, seven years in the making for the welterweight title. Pits Leon Edwards against the defending champ and one of the best pound-for-pound fighters. Kamaru Usman, bet online, likes the champ to still be Usman with the odds minus 360 for him to win. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. NCAA officials sent a letter to its membership Thursday noting its enforcement staff's pursuit of potential violations of the name, image, and likeness compensation policy and emphasizing the need for schools to help investigations. The NCAA in 2020 lifted its ban on athletes earning money for things as endorsement and sponsorship deals, social media posts, and personal appearances. The current guidelines surrounding NIL lack strict details as to what is a violation and how that punishment is to be handled. In other words, the NCAA still doesn't know what it doesn't know about NIL. The Seahawks' revamped offensive line might have taken a serious hit Thursday night with starting left guard Damian Lewis leaving Lumen Field on the back of an injury cart with his right leg in an ear cast. Lewis went down in the second quarter of Seattle's preseason game against the Chicago Bears when defensive lineman Angelo Blackson accidentally rolled up on him from behind while tackling DJ Dallas. Lewis was ruled out with an ankle injury. A third-round pick out of LSU in 2020, Lewis was a returning starter on an offensive line that added left tackle Chris Cross in the draft of the ninth overall pick, as well as center Austin Blythe in free agency. Seattle also drafted Abe Lucas in the third round 
to compete at right tackle. Those two rookies in particular have been impressive. New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones revealed Thursday that he underwent a non-football-related procedure on his neck this past winter. Jones, who's 25, was adamant the procedure was not related to a neck problem he had last season. Jones suffered a neck injury in Week 12. The Giants eventually placed him on injured reserve, and he didn't play again because of what sources said was a disc injury. The question was prompted by an image from earlier this summer that circulated on social media showing what appeared to be a six-inch scar on Jones's upper chest, indicating he'd undergone some kind of surgery. The Minnesota Twins and their fans all breathed a sigh of relief yesterday as an MRI exam of Tyler Malley's shoulder showed no damage and the right-hander will avoid the injured list. Malley was acquired at the trade deadline from the Cincinnati Reds and figures to be a key piece of the Twins' playoff rotation. He'll be listed as day-to-day with his next turn in the rotation unclear. Malley was removed early from his start on Wednesday due to injury concerns. Malley spent some time on the injured list this year due to shoulder problems early in the month of July. And the Houston Astros got blackjack against the Chicago White Sox on Thursday. Well, a lot of Astros fans say that the Astros can't seem to score any runs. Well, how about 21? That's what the Astros did on Thursday afternoon versus the White Sox. And as the Thunder rocks Houston, Alex Bregman and crew rocked the White Sox pitching staff to tune of 25 hits, 21 runs. And Alex Bregman himself did a lot of the wrecking with a two-run double, a two-run homer, and a two-run homer, and he added another double later in the game. So you can say that this game was sponsored by the number two by Alex Bregman, who is back. And it is good that Alex Bregman is playing back to his MVP level because Alvarez is not quite playing like we've seen him earlier this season, but the offense came alive in support of Luis Garcia, who pitched five innings, and the Astros' offense seemed to come alive. Now they're going to face the Braves, and we'll discuss this and more on this edition of the Lockdown Astros podcast. So check us out and go Strokes. Here is another story you need to know. A week ago, Tom Brady said he was stepping away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to deal with something off the football field. And at the time, most of us thought nothing of it or some conspiracy theories might have been brought up about ducking the, the Miami Dolphins or whatever it was. But now, Todd Bowles has said Tom Brady will not be around for the Tennessee Titans preseason game this weekend, and then they'll reevaluate from there, sparking those of us who may not have been prone to wonder what was really going on to perhaps wonder. David Harrison from Locked on Buccaneers joins me to perhaps make us wonder a little bit less, or at least that's the hope, David. What do you make of what is a very murky situation right now with Tom Brady? Uh, I mean, I'm, I make of it now what I thought of it when it first happened. And, you know, uh, fortunately or unfortunately for me, whatever you want to call it, it had just so happened to go down my one week in Tampa this year during training camp that I was able to get down there for, uh, you know, first day of Dolphins practice. He was there. He was on the field with his teammates engaged, looking like Tom Brady the next day. He wasn't there. And then we get this statement from Coach Bowles that, you know, basically said that sometime after the Tennessee Titans game, Tom Brady would return. Those those are the words I'm paraphrasing here, but those are the words. He, he literally said sometime after not, you know, uh, a specific day or right after or three days later. Um, it was a very general time frame given then, and it's a very general time frame 
given now. And, and quite honestly, it, it kind of reminds me of it's Leonard Fournette, you know, wait gate 2.0. Like the, <laughs> this is a comment that was already said. This is the information that was already put out. Now it's being rehashed at a later date when it's closer to a perceived deadline of some sort. So now it's making people go into a panic mode. Um, it's weird. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's definitely weird. And it would be weird if Aaron Rodgers did it with the Packers or if Jameis Winston did it with the saints. Like it's, it's just weird and unorthodox, but until the team is worried, there's no reason for anybody outside to be worried. And granted, you know, as well as I do, they could be worried inside and they're just not telling anybody, but you know, anything that us on the outside are worried about, we're worried about our own speculation. There's nothing solid to actually be worried about at this point. And the comments today didn't change anything. So I, 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 no one should be speculating about what's going on. We do not have, even the most plugged in insiders do not seem to have a firm grasp on what is going on here. And it's possible the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't have a firm grasp of what's going on here. If Tom Brady says, hey, I need a week, they're going to give him a week and probably not ask any questions. Tom Brady has earned that right. Let me frame it this way for you, David. Um, at what point do you start to be at least concerned uh, uh, about Tom Brady being on the field for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when the regular season starts uh, next Wednesday. I think, I, I think <laughs> okay. I say next Wednesday, I know that kind of seems weird kind of come out with the next Wednesday. Right. But, but you know, as well as I do like the third preseason game, right. The way that people are kind of treating this three preseason, uh, say, say like, this is your dress rehearsal and Tom already wasn't going to be there regardless. Again, Todd mentioned, you know, in the, in the original comments that Tom was never going to play against Tennessee either way. Um, so you know, but this this next week after they get back from Tennessee, uh, you know, they do have to travel Indianapolis and all that stuff. But we know there's going to be much more install being done, right? Fans aren't going to be present. I don't know what all the NFL teams are doing. I know the commanders are letting us still view the entirety of practice next week, which is actually kind of a pleasant surprise. But fans aren't going to be there because they don't want video getting out because they're going to be doing a little bit more regular season type stuff. So the fact that they're going to get into more regular season type of preparation next week. I would like to see him there by the end of next week. But even then, it's really not until after the final preseason game that you go, boom, full-blown Dallas Cowboy install. That's when you get to panic mode. Like, if, if Tom's not there when they get back from Indy, then you go into panic mode. Stay up to date on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Buccaneers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, LeBron James is betting big on a specific teammate by staying with the Lakers. LeBron James signed a two-year contract extension to make him the highest paid player ever. The question is, should he have signed the extension to stay with a shaky Lakers team? Nick Angstad and Pat the Designer discussed this on Locked on NBA and came to the conclusion that LeBron made a bet on a teammate by signing. It's okay. He's four-time NBA champion is going to be his thing. He wants to get to six. He wants to get to that point. It looked like yeah. after the Lakers won in 2020, Hey, this team could be back. They got a pretty good core of some younger players that can grow a little bit here. Plus, Anthony Davis could take the helm eventually and be the number one if LeBron James does slip a little bit. And then yeah. they made that Westbrook trade and just like pulled the rug right out from under from under it seems like because it was just the one of the worst moves they could have made. Yeah. And I I just don't know if LeBron is going to check off the boxes of the things that he wants to do. As far as winning a, a title, because you're betting, he's betting so his just on the court, just on the court stuff. He's betting so much on Anthony Davis with this deal, in my opinion. I, I mean, listen, that's why you brought him there. 
you, the the bet was for Anthony Davis to be there. They Anthony Davis doesn't get a pass and all of this. Like you got <laughs> you were paid to be the guy. Eventually, LeBron James' whole game plan was to have what Dwayne Wade did for him to do for someone else. That someone else has not picked up his part of the deal. Outside of one, I mean, uh, the finals, AD was ridiculous. Was Outside great. of yeah, that, 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 AD season has he was really pretty good. much... AD pretty much has not done anything in a Lakers uniform. Well, he's played 36 and 40 games over the last two years. And the year before this past year was a little shortened, but still 36 and 40 games is not good. He's got to stay on the court. It's what was our insulting nicknames we went through last week. Anthony day to day, Davis. (laughs) Anthony day to Davis. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But this is just a big bet on, on Anthony Davis, in my opinion. And that's what it comes down to. I love Nick and Pat. LeBron James is betting on LeBron James. And why wouldn't he? He's one of the best players of all time. But this contract is not about setting the Lakers up for a championship run. Although, of course, their best chance of winning a title has to do with Anthony Davis being Anthony Davis at his best. We saw when Anthony Davis is at his best and LeBron James is LeBron James. They're a title contender. They won a title with precisely that formula. LeBron James knows he can't do it alone, but he also has faith that he will figure it out. He figured it out in Miami. That was a pre-planned ordeal, but they figured it out after coming up short that first season. He figured it out in Cleveland, beating a 70-plus win Warriors team in the postseason. And he figured it out in L.A., orchestrating what was the time the biggest trade in terms of assets given up in modern NBA history to get Anthony Davis. LeBron James has nothing left to prove. Maybe all he wants to do is stay in LA long enough to bring his son Bronny with him. By the way, he loves living in LA. His family is in Southern California. LeBron James is betting on LeBron James. And from the outside, I wouldn't bet against them. And finally, maybe Bernie Brewer's slide should be left to Bernie Brewer. David Vassie thought it would make good TV to take a ride on the slide before the LA Dodgers played in Milwaukee Wednesday night. It didn't go quite according to plan. The Dodgers television and radio reporter said he broke two bones in his right wrist and cracked six ribs when he tumbled and crashed into the padding at the end of Bernie's chalet. Let's just leave the sliding to the Milwaukee mascot celebrating Milwaukee dingers, shall we? Also, shouldn't we now understand the the Bernie slide to be a far greater athletic feat than previously believed? I, I think so. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, who had the biggest second week of the NFL preseason? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.